0: Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium-quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Good Monday
1: evening, everybody. I am the host of the Redfish Chuck Show. Charles Levi joining me as always are my uh, esteemed colleagues and co-hosts, Mister Alan Ryland. What's up, man? And let's, let's check on Peppy. See if he's still alive. See if the kids haven't killed him.
2: <laughs> okay. Peppy
1: still alive? I'm here, man.
3: Ha- I'm here. They man. haven't tied you get, up I'm yet, have to, they? No,
2: man. I'm trying to get them situated. <laughs> <laughs> if, we hear, if we hear sirens in the back, we'll know what happened. We'll just yeah, they,
3: exactly. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them situated here. I'm gonna, I'll actually put it on mute for a little bit here for a couple minutes so I can get them all situated.
1: No worries, man. No worries. And uh, and then we also have another caller on the line. We we'll go straight to our our good friend joining us for the first time in a very long time. The man with the golden voice himself, Mr. Becker.
4: A regrettably long time but uh not to the point quite where i can say long time listener first time caller but uh it's good to be back on monday nights
1: it's good to have you back buddy and uh you haven't missed anything
4: <laughs> so don't worry about <laughs> it <laughs> well i i do, in all fairness i do uh i do faithfully catch every podcast that i can't make but uh it's nice to be able to be here for the thing and uh, and show a little love for the redfish chuck show so i
1: wow, appreciate it brother and uh tonight I'm hoping that I see another call pop up here shortly. We have uh, a very good friend of all of ours and uh, a a very unique person to this industry. Mr. Woody from uh, liquid logic will be joining us. Hopefully this evening Uh, we'll see if he calls us in. He's supposed to, So we'll see. But for those of you who've never been around Woody, this should be a a very exciting and and interesting show. He's a guy is a very intelligent man. He's, he's, Knows this industry forwards and backwards and upside down. And he's just a great all-around person to talk to. And the native's got some really, really cool stuff coming out. And uh be excited to hear him talk about it. So with that being said, as always on the Monday Night Show, we talk about, uh, in the beginning of the show, we talk about things that are coming up, upcoming events here on the Space Coast. I'd like to real quick give a little shout to all my buddies that showed up to help out for the uh, Kayaks by bow demo day that we did. Uh, everyone showed up. It seemed like, man, we had uh, Wade and Alan was even there and Peppy and Randy English and uh, Steve McInerney. Alex showed up. I mean, it was, it was great. We had a great time, great turnout. Um, uh, you know, few, few folks came out and tried out some boats. It wasn't as good as some of the ones we've done before, but I think the people that came out were really appreciative of us being there. Even the guy from subway that, managed to turtle a Hobie revo. I'm not Dude, real that was hilarious. That yeah, was awesome. And listen, I'll I'll go on record if there's ever been a person who I wanted to see turtle a boat, it was that guy.
2: Yeah, I heard he wasn't uh, wasn't the friendliest uh customer down there.
1: Dude, I don't even understand why... a Why do you show up at a demo day to try out a kayak in the water in your work clothes
2: yeah he was he he had come from work and had to be back at work that's
1: what i yeah
2: mean. yeah uh, he, he had his like, name
3: tag on
1: yeah he yeah. still had his name tag on so we had we had a we <laughs> yeah. had to push, push the boats up to the bank and i've seen some of the demo days you guys do over there on the west coast uh greg and um it looks like most of the time it's at somewhat of a beachy kind of an area like a little you know beachy area where we have, where we have to do it here in Titusville. There's, it's, it's not bad. It's just, there's a little drop from the grass down to the water. So, but we had to pull the boat all the way up to the bank so he can get in it. And then we had to pull him out across the sandbar so he wouldn't get his feet wet. And while not listening to some direction that was being given to him about the Hobies, he, uh, he managed to turtle the Revo.
2: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so man, that, that takes a certain amount of skill, though, and
4: dedication to actually manage that.
1: It it does, indeed, it does. And and I don't know what well, I don't know what was funnier the fact that somebody actually turtled the boat, other well, yeah, I'll leave that leave that alone. But the fa- the fact that uh okay. he turtled yeah the fact that he turtle the uh, the Revo or the fact that he turned the Revo in his work uniform with his iPhone in his pocket. I mean, whatever. So it happens. But anyway, uh, much thanks Wah-wah. goes out. To, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Much thanks goes out to everybody who came out and hung out with us and had a good time. Uh, Randy English and Tammy, uh, cooked up some food for us, which was pretty cool. Um, we had some sausages, some, was there boot? it wasn't boot. It's like the first, get together we've had where we didn't have any boudin um so yeah it was uh it was it was pretty good man it was a good time so there you go uh upcoming we have uh alan's tournament's coming up pretty soon yeah. you're uh when you're putting on tell us about it
2: yeah it's uh just so everybody knows the tournament is still on um i think a couple people might have uh Maybe seeing the situation I was going through, which is uh hopefully over and I am recouping nicely. So uh the tournament still will go on. Cars Park of course with all the government uh shut down. Cars Park was closed for I think a little over two weeks. It is back open. They're uh they're back in business and I tell you what, that uh that little close down they had probably couldn't do anything but help because that's that's two and a half weeks where that no motor zone really didn't get fished that hard unless people were coming in from uh from the north. Um, you know, if that was even open. Now, that probably would, well, no, NASA. Yeah, they were shut down, too. That, right? that was closed. That was closed, yeah. So that gave, yep. me, uh, gave the motors on a nice little break. So, uh, But, yeah, anyway, the tournament is uh, it's November 9th. There's a captain's meeting, uh, which is somewhat mandatory, uh, 7 p.m., November 8th. The uh, tournament entry fee is $40, which covers, your, uh, of course, your entry into the tournament. Um catered uh, Sonny's lunch on the weigh-in day on Saturday after weigh-in. we got Sonny's catering food in, chicken, pork. I think there will be a little bit of a uh, variety of stuff you can pick from. Uh, we're going to do some tournament shirts with all the sponsor names on the shirts. Everybody that enters the tournament will get one. And uh, if anybody wants to just buy a meal ticket, they're not going to fish the tournament, but they're coming down to support somebody fishing or just want to come watch the weigh-in, I think the meal tickets are going to be uh I believe around eight or ten dollars. I don't think we've actually figured it out yet, depending on the head count. But, um, but yeah, we're uh, we're still going. So uh, car, you know, cars is back open, and uh, hopefully the weather will be nice for it. And uh, we're still planning on uh, having a pretty good event. So if you haven't already, call Christina at uh, at Cars Park. I don't have the number handy, but um, call, call and ask for Christina at the Cars Park. She'll get you signed up. There's camping if you want to camp there. I think it runs anywhere from. Uh, like $10 a night from primitive sites. And if you want, like, a water site, you know, right on the water with full hookup, it's like 20 or $25 a night, I think. So it's really nice campground, nice little store they just rebuilt, and uh should be a good time. So it's still going still to go. Cars Park, 321-867-7967.
3: 7, 7,
2: That's it. I was Fantastic. Looking, uh, like,
3: yeah. That's teamwork, man. Yeah. That's
1: what I'm talking about.
3: Just That's right. Night.
1: Um... <laughs> Also, too, I, I almost forgot, and in, in, uh, let's see, uh, cleanup. We have a cleanup scheduled for this upcoming Saturday. Uh, it's a meet and greet, also, cleanup and a meet and greet, Saturday from uh, 9 a.m. Well, it's going to start at 9 a.m. over uh, the Max Brewer Causeway. We're going to break up into groups there, get supplies, and head on off. And then uh, we'll clean up from 9 a.m. till around 11-ish, head on over to Kayaks by Bo and have some refreshments and whatnot and kinda of hang out and chit chat and just have a good time and then uh of course haul butt home, get showered and shaved or I'm not shaving. Get showered up and then uh head on over to watch Rob DeVore and uh, Mike canine's video. Yeah,
2: so good.
1: yeah, good times, good times. And then after that's over with in November as well after your tournament, I think it's the weekend after your tournament the uh gumbo palooza and the hook kids on fishing event over in Orlando will be taking place November the 16th. So uh if you want more information on the gumbo, gumbo palooza or hook kids on fishing event, you can go on Facebook to gumbo. You can find it at gumbo palooza on Facebook, or just hit up the guys from fishing forward radio on their Facebook page, like their page. And while you're at it, like my picture on their page, like the one new combo, appreciate that a little subliminal there. Um, but yeah, I appreciate appreciate if everybody would show up for the Gumbo Palooza Hook Kids on Fishing event. I'm sure they can use uh some volunteers as well for all the children that will be there. Uh again, our good friend Tammy Wilson, she's you know, running herself ragged lately, all over the place, doing all kinds of good stuff in the community. So uh get out there and help her out with the hook kids on fishing thing, that'd be good. And um yeah, as far as the weather for your tournament, I'll- Alan, I hope it what's that?
3: Now, I was going to tell you also the other thing. I want to congratulate Mr. Mike Kinnean on uh, uh, recently hitched, got hitched. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 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 getting to that in a minute. But, yeah, absolutely, man. No, that's cool. I I thought it was funny when uh, when the notification came out on Facebook. (laughs) I was like,
5: yes.
1: I figured it was coming. You know, everybody knew it was coming and no one knew exactly when it was going to happen. They kind of kept it a little secretive. But no, congratulations to you guys, man. That's awesome. Many, many years of happiness and love uh, for both of you. Our, you know, that's that's right. cool, man. That's exciting.
3: That's exciting.
1: Maybe we'll see little canines running around soon.
3: Yeah, they were trying to stay off of Facebook and they weren't going to post much and all this stuff and everything like that. And his wife, Went on there and
1: says I can't take it anymore. And she put a picture up. No, no
2: Facebook rule. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's cool. But uh, so
1: now what we typically do is we'll jump into like what we did over the weekend, fishing kind of thing, and and hit up a little bit of uh, you know chit chat about that. And so we'll get to that in just a second. We're going to run and we're going to hit a real quick uh, little commercial break. And once we get back, we'll talk to Mister Becker. We'll talk to Captain Alex. And uh, we'll take some more of your phone calls until Woody calls us. So uh, the number here, as always, 714-816-4727, 714-816-4727. You're listening to the Monday Night Show or Redfish Chuck Show, whatever, on (laughs) Kayak Fishing Radio.
0: Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium-quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Give me the flat to dawn, with plenty of tailing fish.
2: And the perfect fly rod, Whoa,
5: yeah.
2: and get ready for some magic.
5: Oh, an awesome, eat! Yeah. I got one! Oh,
6: damn, I got him, I got him. I got him. Join
2: Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help.
5: Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yakangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource.
1: There you go. Yakangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource. Of of course, if uh, you're looking for any information whatsoever about the wonderful world of kayak angling, you can reach out to any of us here on Kayak Fishing Radio. Shoot us each emails or find us on Facebook um jump on yakanglou.com get involved in the forum and uh there's a lot of really really uh talented people that are in those uh forums man they, they from everything from mods to uh to fishing reports how tos all kinds of stuff so uh definitely an awesome place to go check out some some really good information so anyway uh this past weekend peppy i know you and uh, wade went out and did a little bit of nighttime fishing did you not
3: yeah we did some nighttime fishing on uh on Friday night um, decided to hit up um the Ohlo canal, which we haven't done in quite a while and it was uh it wasn't a, it was a little rough it was it wasn't conditions weren't right for it you know it was a little windy blowing out of the east um and the water was ripping it was also ripping pretty good from uh blowing out of the lagoon into the river. So it was kind of hard to stay in one spot, but we still did all right. You know, it was Wade's first time ever fishing at night out of a kayak. And actually Wade did pretty good. He ended up getting himself like a 36-inch uh, redfish, something like that, like around, right around 35, 36-inch. So he was stoked about that. But
1: Did he have um, shaky hands?
3: Yeah, he had shaky hands. He had shaky everything. He said, keep that thing, <laughs> started pulling, drag on him, and, he says it almost yanked him into water again. The whole thing. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I ended up catching a small black drum too. So um, I'm sure that place. You know how that place gets. So it'll, it'll start getting good now when the shrimp start running and everything like that. So, but uh, we're. I mean, I, I was happy what the weather conditions were. I was. I was just happy we were able to catch something. I mean, it was that bad the conditions right. here. I mean, we were. It was only us and a couple, two other boats out there or something like that. That's it. So um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. I, I was happy with that. I'm, I'm glad Wade was able to get his first fish ever at night like that, you know, which is cool. So it all, it was good. It was good.
1: Right on, right on,
3: Mister Becker.
1: Mister Becker, Sir. unmute yourself. <laughs> you uh did. <laughs> No, no worries. Have you been uh, Have you been out, buddy?
4: Actually, uh, this past weekend it was out Saturday and Sunday. Saturday I had the chance to fish the uh, number two in the series of the Paddlefishing dot com uh, paddle fishing tournament series. This was uh, the south shore of Tampa Bay, and it was a kind of an unusual lure tournament. Which you know, this uh, this event's known for throwing twists in this event, everybody was given two packages of gambler bass lures. One was a package of uh, four-inch tube baits, and another was their flapping shad in a dark camo color, and it was go forth and catch fish. A little bit different scoring system, but, you know, points for jacks and points for trout and points for this and points for that. And uh, a bunch of folks came out and fished it, had a good time. I got uh, a late start due to some uh, issues at home, but uh, was able to scare up... uh, Scare up a few redfish and score some points, but uh, the one thing I found more than anything else on uh, on both those baits was uh, flounder. Uh, I must have caught a dozen flounder, not one of them under 15. Which over in your neck of the woods, that's just barely growed. Right. But over here, they're not bad. I had a couple that were 18 plus. Wow. And, uh, no fish bag, no fish bag, no ice, no nothing because it's mm. a CPR tournament. So I figured I'm golden. Next day, uh, my son Robert and I head out, paddle uh, a couple miles up the flat. go went into the wind the entire way, get set up, wait for the tide. Nothing. No redfish. <laughs> no, no trout. Not a flounder to be found. And uh, Although we did see about a five-foot bonnethead shark, biggest bonnethead I've ever seen in my life. It might extended many, many years in Florida. It's the biggest one I've ever seen. I uh, got to fish both days. It was, uh, that was a welcome... Uh, Welcome weekend, much needed.
1: Very nice, very nice. Well, uh, have to make it over there again to the west coast at some point, man. When we did the boondoggle, that water over there was really cool, really, really pretty to fish in, and uh, just the the possibilities of catching a, diff, a different number of species than we typically see over here is pretty cool too. So, um, I got to get out a little bit, went out and hit up a, a little spot, and took my neighbors with me. Of course, uh, if you guys follow me at all on Facebook or you've been listening to the show, you know that I've been, kind of took one of my neighbors under my wing. He's brand new to fishing, literally has gone like three times and all three times have been with me. (laughs) So, uh, but he bought himself a Hobie, got himself uh, an Outback. And so uh, our other buddy Doug crossed the street. We decided to uh, load up and take off and see what we couldn't find. What was supposed to be blowing out of the north turned out to be a gorgeous morning, and I was really actually kind of surprised that there wasn't uh, there, there wasn't even a, uh, a ripple on the surface. It was flat, absolutely flat. And I'm not really sure if, that's, if that was a good thing or if it was a bad thing, but uh, there was plenty of bait, plenty of mullet, uh, finger mullet, a little bit bigger mullet. Uh, there was not, not as many pinfish that I saw or that I felt as has been going on the last couple of uh, trips. And I did see a few of our old nemesis the pufferfish, which I haven't seen in quite a while, but uh, yeah, that, that always sucks. So hopefully we'll have at least one decent freeze to kill those off again and maybe leave the snook and tarpon alone. But uh, so anyway, speaking of snook, I uh, was going out with grandeur, I saw, I saw Peppy had caught some uh, some decent snook his last trip out. That one really nice one. So I, I'm like, hmm, maybe perhaps I can uh, find myself a nice snook to catch today on video. So, of course, though with the curse of the video, every time you have the video on, you don't catch fish. The second you tr- the second you turn the video camera off, you start catching fish. So. I decided, you know what, I've got some very nice footage of me pedaling around. That's good. I'll just shut the camera off and not waste all the battery. Well, then, as soon as I did that, I looked over along the shoreline, and there was a little group of uh, glass minnows kind of kicking around. They looked a little nervous. They weren't getting hammered or nothing. They looked a little nervous. I threw over there. Sure enough, got a redfish. Good, about 26-inch fish, so that was pretty cool. And then uh, followed that one up with a 24-incher just outside of that group of glass minnows. That, that literally tried to eat my offering probably five times before I finally got him. I mean, five times in five different casts, and I finally caught him. so that was cool. And then uh, picked up two snook, picked up a nice trout, so I got myself a slam. And uh, my neighbor, uh, John, didn't catch any fish, but he had a good time out there. And, and Doug, uh, he, got a, he got one snook. And so it was a good time. We had we had a lot of fun. <clears throat> there wasn't as many fish to be had around the area as I would have hoped to have seen, but uh, all quality fish nonetheless. And every fish I caught came off of a Slayer Inc SST in molting. Every single one. So uh, that was cool. But uh, I know that our buddy on the line. Let's see if I can find my ch- my studio again. I just closed it for a second. Oops. I got him, uh, okay. Captain Alex.
6: Alex. Yeah.
1: Stop beating the children. Uh,
6: no, they're doing homework right
1: now. Oh, that was the that was the ruler on the table. Hey, uh, I know you I know you went and, and soaked the Hobies for the first time. Also, for those of you don't know, uh, Captain Alex is now the proud owner of a couple of Hobie boats. So if you want to book a kayak charter trip with somebody and some Hobies and try out pedals, you can do that with Alex. So, uh, Alex, tell us about, uh, tell us about the fishing, man. Where, where'd you been doing?
6: Well, with that cool down in the uh, tail end of this uh, mullet run, we went and uh, dropped the Hobies in and, and uh, went after some snook in the port. And uh, the first night we went, the fish were there and uh, we got slightly uh, put off track by a hook in my, uh, my partner hand that uh, I had to, so smoothly surgically removed like I've done so many others, and uh, <laughs> once, uh, once that was done, we were pretty much done, but we ended up going out the night after and uh, finding some really good success on mullet schools and, uh, in Port Canaveral, and uh, the bait was thick, and the fish were hitting hard, and, and there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of fish moving around. Um, we did a pretty late night session. We didn't start about, uh, uh, about 12 o'clock at night. And uh, the tide only rolled in for about another hour and a half. And once that tide topped out, it, it pretty much laid off, and and you couldn't really get get much of a hit at all. But um, but another good thing that's happened too. And actually, we I ended up in a skiff on Sunday, or uh, no Friday. I don't even remember what. To say. Um, and uh, the flounder seemed to have showed up pretty nice at Port Canaveral also, which is uh, one of my favorites. Yes, sir. <laughs> and um the uh the flounder, of course, you know you can do the the standard fish finder rig with your little mullet or whatever you want, but uh my favorite especially after any way I can move around and um really dig in the hobies for doing for doing this this certain type of fishing is uh I like to bucktail i like to use a bucktail jig with a tip and um and actively fish flounder most people passively fish flounder, you know. And, a little, let it sit for a while, when you get a hit, you uh, make, make three or four Facebook posts about getting your hit, and then uh, <laughs> have a soda. Then you have a soda, and then you count to 4,500, and then you actually set the hook and try to get your fish in, um, hoping that he has finally got the bait down in his mouth far enough to, to make it do something for you, not spit it as, you, as soon as you lift him off the bottom. Um, with the jig, you kind of you're a little more active. You move around, you hunt for the fish, you kind of uh, you do real short sweeps of the, of the rod tip, about four to six inches off the bottom. and you can actually feel, especially if you have braid, it's a little harder with mono, but you can actually feel the jig bump in the bottom. You can feel the thump when it hits the bottom. Um, it helps for a couple reasons. One, you can tell the different substrate, You can tell if you're on mud. You can tell if you're on sand. You can tell if you're hitting a rock and you need to kind of move around that area and hit the edges of the rock. Um, That's going to be the big ticket for probably the next month or so. We'll be getting out there and getting the flounder, especially if you want to get something to eat. Uh, You know, that's kind of the way to go. Um, Of course, you know, the inside stuff, the red fishing and all that's always good, but we only get a certain window of time with flounder, and and when it's here, you got to get it. Kind of like the beach tarpon, kind of like all of our stuff, less the redfish and sea trout that never go anywhere. You know, you got to get it while it's hot, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, with, with our flounder, what ends up happening, and it happens everywhere, and you can see these guys up north of us. You know, Facebook's actually a really a really good tool in that way. It's a good tool to make you look like a tool. <laughs> But um but uh it uh it really helps out in one way that you can watch the progression of a migration of fish down an entire seaboard. Um from Cobia from down south moving up and, and moving all the way into Georgia and South Carolina. You can watch that that progression um the whole way, you know, as they come as they come uh from down south to up north. The same thing goes true for the uh, the flounder. As winter starts hitting up north a little quicker than it does down here, you'll see the guys start talking about them in South Carolina. Then you'll see them start talking about them in coastal Georgia. And then all of a sudden the Jacksonville guys and Daytona guys are starting to talk about them. That's that progression of the migration of fish. As the weather turns and as the, the timing gets right, those fish will move from, Flounder move from the backwaters. They spend their entire summer in in your lagoon areas, whether it's the coastal marsh lagoon or here where we have the actual big lagoons. Um, it, they they hide in those waters in the summertime, and as winter comes and as as the water temperature drops, they'll actually. I feel they chase the mullet run out to the edge, to the inlets, to the passes, and things of that nature. And then, as the mullet run starts to wane off, they actually make their way further offshore to the continental shelf, to where you're actually looking for a flounder in 150 foot water, and that's where they spawn. So our little window of real good opportunity, where they bottleneck up, is this fall run as they're pushing out of the inlets and the passes, headed out to that continental shelf. So it's it's one of those things you gotta you got to be willing to kind of drop everything and go fishing or, or throw caution to the wind and, and jump out of the usual redfish or sea trout and go, I'm going to take a, half, you know, a dozen mullet or, or a couple of you know, some some mud minnows and head out to the port or inlet or Ponce Inlet area. So, yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, no,
1: I love me some flounder, brother. I love fishing for them. I <clears throat> love doing it out of a kayak, and I love doing it up in Port uh, Canaveral. I, I'll tell you, man, there's a lot of folks don't like to fish the port they, or they just overlook it. But I've had some days where, man, you can limit out and flounder in a matter of 30 minutes if you find them good. You know, you find the right edge, the right, you know, rock pile or rock area or sandbar they're laying on or the right doctor hanging out underneath and it's on, huh? Eh.
6: And that's that's really the ticket. And you said it right there is is the right edge or sand pile or you know sandbar or, or dock or whatever. You know flounder is a, a, a structure orientated fish. Now structure being whether a piling and uh, multiple pilings like a wharf or a dock area, or structure being a uh, cut off little uh, creek that comes out of the backwaters. They look for for bait to come to them. They're not going to go swimming around like a snook does looking to crash baby. They're going to wait for it to come to them. They will chase something down. They will scoot five, six feet, maybe a little further on the bottom. If they see something, the water's clean enough. I've watched them off of the pier using a buff-tailed jig, and you can see the flounder come from 15 feet away and slam the jig. You know, oh, I got one. But yeah. that's a rarity. Usually you got to be within a couple feet of that fish. You know, and with um, with rock areas... I like to focus, like if it's a jetty or even a pile of rocks on the bottom, I like to focus on the edges. Because yeah. anybody who's dove or I learned it from actually surfing at the Cocoa Beach Pier, every piling, every rock pile, anything like that, the edges of it will actually be swept out a little more than even a foot off the edge of it. You can stand at the Cocoa Beach Pier on a, next to a piling in shin-deep water at low tide, and you're 10 feet from the piling in deep. If you walk up and get a foot and a half or a foot from that piling, if you're not scared to get next to the barnacles, you're going to be in waist-deep water, if not even deeper. There's an actual drop-off around every single one of those pilings. There's little trough outs around most of the pilings in the port. Rocks do the same thing. The water rushes a little faster in front of the rock or in front of the piling, creates a little bit more of a dig out there. And those flounder actually lay in there right on that edge and wait for bait to come on into that little that little tiny drop-off. You know, transitions from mud to sand, or transitions from gravel to sand, rock to sand, transitions and structure is really what they hunt for. And when they find an area, if you hook one flounder, typically you will find several more in that same condition, in that same area, looking to, to capitalize on the same bait movement that the one is. So. There is some little tricks to them flounders, and and they will humble you. They humbled me and Ed a couple times um, when we were out there playing around in his nice new little skiff, um, which I have to say was pretty nice. I was surprised at how well it handled out there in the uh, big water. Um, But uh, they have a habit of tossing a hook, and they do it right when you get them up to the surface of the boat. Um, When I'm flounder fishing, I have a net ready. We didn't have a net ready, and it cost us several fish. And what you want to do is with a flounder, once you verify, yes, this is a flounder, and this is actually a flounder that I'm going to probably be putting in my cooler behind me, you grab that net. Don't get the fish anywhere near the surface. Let him stay five feet down. He'll almost just sit down there on that hook and not really make much of a fuss, just kind of float there. Get your net ready and slam that thing in the net. If you take a flounder and lift his head out of the water trying to get a lift on him, trying to get your hand on him, trying to get anything else on him, even lifting his head out of the water to slide him into your net, a lot of times they're going to shake and they're going to pop that hook out. They have a real, real funky ability of doing it. A lot of times if you're live bait fishing, you don't even have the fish hooked. He just has that bait all the way in his mouth and he ain't going to give it up, you know, so you end up getting them almost up to the top and they spit the whole thing out. You got nothing but a mullet with a bunch of little holes in it. But, uh, you know, have it's that true, net ready. true, true story. Yep. Yep, true. Yep, have that net ready and keep your fish in the water. And it'll act like a little plane down there. And you can plane that thing right up into your net, no fuss, no, no mess, and you're in your boat and you got your flounder dinner. If you start lifting his head out of the water and he starts shaking it, the way they the way they swim, they almost do a shake. They do a little oscillation of their body. And they get that whole thing going. And, man, I'll tell you what, they'll pop a hook out quick. So, yep. Yeah. That's one of point. the upsides. Yeah, one of the upsides to the jigging, um, and one of the reasons I do it a lot. Conditions condone, I can get straight vertical on my line and still cover a good amount of water. Um, I I kind of worked the technique a lot when I was young on the pier and on the jetties, um, walking up and down it, jigging the whole way. Um, yeah. And the kayak, it works great a boat with a trolling motor, you can get away with it too. You kind of just cruise around the area and keep that jig as vertical as possible. When you get that hit, when you feel that weight of that fish, you immediately set the hook. A lot of times you get a lot better hook purchase. When they suck the jig in, it's not a big-body bait. They think it's a big-body bait because it's got a little tail flapping on it from your strip. It's got all that buff tail. But when they suck it in, boom, that's it. All they have is buff tail and hook and you end up putting a little mo- little better purchase on them, and you get a little better hookup ratio. Plus, I, you know, I get a little anxious when I'm fishing. like to move around. <laughs>
5: there you
1: go. Well, hang on a second, buddy. i got to hit a commercial break real quick. When we come back, we'll talk more about flounder fishing, and uh, we'll go all around right. the panel a little bit and see uh, who else has some, uh, some good information on catching some flounder. Since, after all, it is that time of year, um, we'll get right back to you guys. So thanks for tuning in to the Redfish Chuck Show here on Monday night on kayak fishing radio
5: looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with check out yakangler.com your ultimate fishing resource guess what time it is that's right Time for the 2013 Kayak Angler Choice Awards. Brought to you by yakangler.com and Kayak Fishing Radio. The nominations are in. Vote for your choice at yakangler.com slash choice. That's yakangler.com slash choice.
1: (laughs) Whatever uh folks you just heard it we're still doing the kayak angler choice awards um please go ahead and take a look at that there's a couple of things i'd like for you guys to maybe vote on if you don't mind i guess i could say that space coast kayak anglers is up for forum of the year i did not vote and i have not uh i did not uh submit them so um i'm pretty excited about that though since it is a group that i started so uh and then, of course, we've got um, one of our local guides, D. Kaminsky, is up for Angler of the Year. Um, there's – what else is going on? Kayaks by forces is up for Retailer of the Year. Appreciate that. So uh, take, a, take a second to go check it out and vote at yakangler.com. Uh, so back to Flounder. Flounder, Flounder, Flounder. looks like Woody uh, forgot about us. <laughs> Way yeah, to go, well. Peppy.
3: Well, I, I, uh, I hooked him <laughs> last night. It was going to, it's supposed to happen, but I don't know. You know Woody, so. Uh,
1: that's all right. He's Might, probably, uh, like, he's probably 17 PBRs into an 18-pack, so.
3: Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. I tried, to, fi- Go ahead. I tried to hit him up on Facebook, but he's not, he's not responding, so. You're I off don't the team.
1: Know. <laughs> you're you're fired. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So what, Alex? Just to kind of carry on what Alex was saying. Um, I've been flounder fishing literally my entire life, and and it's one of my favorite fish to target. And there is no other fish that I've ever targeted, offshore, inshore, freshwater, whatever, that can spit a hook when you put it between his eyeballs. <laughs> I, the biggest flounder I've ever hooked and lost is down at Sebastian Inlet. I promise you it was every bit of 15 pounds, a giant. And uh, I, I saw my my 2.0 uh, kale hook sticking through right between his eyeballs, through his skull. And uh, I got him up to the top. I had my dip net ready. Went to drop my dip net down. Got a little overzealous and lifted him up out of the water. Sure enough, kicked two or three times and he was gone. I don't know how in the world they do it, but <clears throat> so, you know, one of the things I always try and carry with me is a big open basket net. I mean, I like—I don't like a net that's too deep. I, I prefer a landing net that's, that's fairly shallow uh, but has a big basket to it, especially for flounder because if you get a flounder in a net where he's laying flat on the bottom – or at least his body's kind of flat and he's kind of got that curl to him. They tend not to go quite as crazy when you pull them out of the water as if you try and slide them into like, say something skinny, like a, like a cheap landing net or like a, almost like a shrimp style net, you know? Um, that shallow bucket just seems to work wonders and, you know, not to, not to name drop or anything, but ego nets makes one heck of a landing net. And so, uh, you know the rubberized mesh is really nice, too, especially when you're jig fishing, so you don't have to worry about getting all tangled up because there are times where they'll go absolutely ballistic in a net and entangle you all the pieces. but uh yeah, Alex was saying bucktail jigs and a strip or something like that, uh, and I like that method too. I've done that a couple of times I've done it a few times. Um, one of my favorite hey. ways to do it. what
6: Chuck, I was going to say one of the best jig or one of the best uh, the tippet uh, uh, strips that you tip it with is actually the belly strip of a, another flounder. Um, a lot of times when I go do my jig fishing, I'd start out without anything, um, not even casting at a bait. Jack works really well. Pinfish got it has a nice, hard, uh, a robust skin that keeps on there well. But nothing beats the white side of flounder. Get a little one or your first one and just a little section of that bottom white side and make your strips out of that. The stuff's like leather. It doesn't go anywhere and They seem to really like
1: it. Yeah, yeah. That's ex- actually it's funny because that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs>
6: um, but yeah, I like <laughs> to
1: use uh, I like to use the the, the the white part of the belly meat from the uh, previously caught fish if they're not thick enough to um, eat off the belly. Um, what most of the time what you'll see is uh, on the smaller fish, anywhere from twelve inches to let's say about eighteen, nineteen, maybe even twenty inches. Sometimes the bellied meat tends to be a little thin. It it, it can be pretty hard to clean if you're not using a really, really uh, flexible knife, real sharp, flexible knife. But there's also times where I just say, you know what, throw caution in the wind, say the heck with it. Even if there is some meat on it, I'll still use it as a strip just because there's so much take off the top of them. But um, also what works really well for me, especially in Port Canaveral, is a uh, quarter ounce white jig head with a the biggest shrimp you can find, uh, it just, for whatever reason, man, that shrimp and jig combo is really, really works well. Um, I tend to try and buy hand picks if you can get them this time of year, it's a little bit easier than in the summertime. Um, as the shrimp start to move a little bit more off the coast on the West coast and then up in the uh, Oak Hill area where most of your bait shrimp in this region come from, uh, you know the the little river browns are are going to start kind of milling out. You know this is this is the good time of year to fish if you're a bait fisherman, wouldn't you say, Alex? Yes, he would say. So. <laughs> absolutely,
6: absolutely. <I laughs> there, there
1: you go. There you know? go. But uh, well, you know, like I you like said, to. Uh,
6: like I was, I was going to come back to something you had said earlier about the kind of the lack of pinfish that you saw. All those baits, along with the mullet group up and make their way out of the inlets and the ports. Those large groups of pinfish don't stay in the river and become giant, massive pinfish that are 10 pounds. They move out to the ocean, and then they end up getting eaten by grouper and snappers. You know, the same thing with the croakers. There's a lot of times in the fall like this when you can get out there to the uh, the port, and you'll pull up on what you think is a giant school of mullet, you know, getting ready to throw a net on it in the middle of the night or whatever, and the next thing you know, it's, you know, thousands of croakers, you know, that are, are, that range in size from a hand size to, um, you know, a little bit bigger, but right. all those baits will make their way out. And when that happens, man, everything's looking to feed. Everything's looking to feed before we come into wintertime. So it's the time to be there.
1: Yeah. So my typical rig for, uh, for running this, then we'll, Alan prepare yourself and we'll come to you next. Um, my typical rig for flounder fishing. I like to actually, truth be told, I love to fishing with a bait caster. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know, man, maybe it just brings me back to being a little kid using a little open face pen, but uh, I love fishing with a bait caster. I use about tw- between 20 and 30 pound braid, uh, about 15 to 20 pound leader, depending upon the size of the fish I know I'm going to be messing with. When the big ones are, are thick, then I jump up to 20, sometimes even 25 pound. Um, and then again either a quarter ounce jig head with a shrimp on it uh belly strip on it a uh, bucktail jig or um even just a plastic i mean i've caught tons of flounder on a on a pearl white uh jerk shad or a pearl white um like uh, sst style bait something like that so uh rigged on a jig head just bounce along the bottom and i'm with alex i don't like to I can't stand sitting there throwing a mullet out on a fish finder rig and, and waiting for something to happen. It's just not my style. So I like to actively look for them. Up north, we used to just drift for them. You get out on a flat and you, you drift for them and, and, you know, whatever. But yeah, part of yeah eyeballs when you e- put the hooks.
6: Even if I am bait fishing, I'm moving that bait. Because if I pass it, uh, you know, the chances of a flounder swimming into it are, yeah, okay. But the chances of you running it into a flounder are a whole heck of a lot better. That's why I have such a hard time fishing like Sebastian Inlet when they bait fish it and sit there with just a bait sitting out and they just wait until something happens. I end up going down there and doing the bucktail jig and, and you know scoring. I got my best fish out of Sebastian Inlet doing a bucktail jig, and uh, it, it's a it's you know it's a it's a good good tactic to hit them with. But uh, they're they're not a very smart fish. They got to do one thing. That's eat, and then they go out in the middle of the ocean and do the only other thing they know how to do, make more flounders. So it's a, you, you just go. got to find them when they're.
1: Eating. <laughs> that's funny, uh, Alan. Yeah. Tell us flounder. about flounder fishing.
2: <laughs> well, you know me. I don't. Uh, if it's anything deeper than about a foot deep, I uh, I start losing myself in the conversation. But uh, you know, actually, no. I used to. Uh, Used to at one point used to go down to uh as you mentioned Sebastian Inlet every year uh, a little bit later in the year than it is now but um uh the first time we tried it, which we did the bait thing, we did uh you know we cast netted a bunch of finger mullets, stuff like that and um it wasn't that great of an experience. We got out there it was in my buddy's, uh i think it was like a nineteen sixty something flats boat with a uh, like one of the first outboards ever made. And uh, we got out in the inlet. (laughs) Tide was just starting to rip. So we get out there, and we throw the bow anchor out, and uh, we're kind of drifting along. Tide's not too bad. You know, the anchor grabs. We get set up. We start fishing. Then the tide starts really cranking. And next thing we know, the bow of the boat, because we just had a bow anchor out, the bow of the boat is getting uh, pulled under the water. So we're scrambling around the boat trying to find a knife before we go down and uh, finally get the bow anchor cut. Um, we had a secondary anchor in the, in, the, in the back of the boat. So we get re-anchored, and we actually ended up catching a bunch of flounder. But it's, it's kind of like Alex said, the, you know, during the um, uh, you know, winter time of the year, I know Sebastian, when the water gets really, really or used to, I don't know now, I haven't done it in a while, but it gets super, super clean. And you can almost see the bottom in about probably 10, 15 foot of water. And you could actually see the, uh, the troughs, the sand troughs, cutting in between the uh, you know, lime rock, coquina rock, whatever that is, lying on the bottom down there and, uh, just drop your bait down and just find those little sandy transition areas. And just, uh, you know, we'd soak about a, uh, I think it was about maybe a, a half ounce egg sinker, about an 18 inch fluorocarbon leader. We didn't really use braid back then, but, you know, and just like you said, just a little kale hook or octopus hook and, uh, just drop a finger mullet hook through the lips down to the bottom and let them take it. And I know, uh, my, uh, my buddy's dad that used to go down there with us, he, he'd say that he would, uh. He would let the fish hit as long as it took him to smoke a cigarette, so when he was done with that cigarette he would he would set the hook, and that's when he would try to bring his fish in so Of course, I didn't smoke, so uh every time one of us thought we were hooking up he'd he'd have to light a cigarette so he would go through about two or three packs a day just flounder fishing but uh but we did okay, but it's you know just something I haven't done in a long time, but uh I could definitely get back into it but, How about you about
4: Peppy?
2: flounder
1: Peppy,
3: oh, yeah, no, I had you on mute, man,
1: <laughs> so, um, do you know what do you know about flounder?
3: my flounder fishing, you know, I really don't target them much, I really don't, um, and I really haven't in probably like the last two years, I really haven't really you know I haven't been on them like I used to when I used to fish down south, I'm talking. Sebastian South, I used to get on the flounder all the time. I mean, there are certain spots. There still is certain spots down there that I know I can go to. Those certain spots, and I, I, am pretty sure I'm going to come out of there with a flounder. Um, it's just, but since I don't, I haven't been fishing down south lately, so, um, I really haven't been targeting them. But like, like you know, Mosquito Lagoon. Um, the North Indian River, uh, Banana River, all that—it's it's a little tougher for flounder there, man. It's 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 you could find them, but it's not that easy, now, like it is in certain areas up north and further down south. But um, the times I have gotten them has been with uh, pretty much bouncing a plastic on the on the bottom is mainly what I do. I just bounce something there in the bottom. Usually, you don't know, want a flounder gets to the flounder, it usually hammers that thing. He just stays on the bottom. Just make sure. You just better have a net on you because you're, you're going to lose them. Nine times out of ten, you're going to lose that, that flounder if you don't have a net.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, and it's
1: funny because, you know, as, as the winter starts to progress, for those of us who love to fish the Mosquito Lagoon, um, when the water's nice and clean, a lot of times when we're standing up, we're pulling across the flats in the, in the kayaks, you'll actually see them get up out of the sand or get up off of out of a sand hole or through the grass they'll kind of get up and kind of glide along a little bit and then hit the bottom again and then just when you're about to flip to them they'll get up and glide along a little bit but uh there's some spots in the lagoon where we hit them you know when you find the outside edges of a flat where it's sandy nice sandy relief they like to lay there uh if you're on a big grass flat and there's a big sand patch you know a couple maybe 10 15 yards long or so they like to lay in those sandy holes, as Alex was saying earlier. There, they're they're a fish that just wants to lay around and wait, man. They're, they're not very aggressive as far as uh, actively moving around to find something to feed on. They they like to ambush stuff, so uh, you know, make your make your presentation uh, according. So you know, if you if you see a, a good a good relief, you know, flip over to it. Work the work the, the transitional period, you know, off the edge of the flat work it over a couple times, you know, uh, I usually cast parallel with the transition. So if it's a, if it's a steep drop and it's going to go down from say two foot down about six or eight feet, um, which is about the deepest hole you'll find in the lagoon, unless you're in the channel. Um, I usually try and work that like foot, foot depth of water, then the two foot depth of water, then the three foot depth of water until you find that magic spot to where they're kind of hanging. And then you can usually pick them apart at that point. Same thing with the port. If you're finding them in 15 foot of water or 20 foot of water, or you find them right up against the pylons or uh, out near the jetty or whatever, it's probably where most of the population of flounder in the port are going to be. They kind of tend to gang up. So, um, you know, catching a a limit of 10 fish over here on the East coast uh, at the port. And most of those being three pound fish up to 10 pound fish is not unheard of. Um, There was a couple, a couple of occasions over the past few winters where, I know guys who've gone out and fished uh, even the buoys outside the port on good days and have caught nothing but five, five pounders and bigger, every fish. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely lucky to have Port Canaveral right here in our backyards. And, you know, I'd like to see some more people taking advantage of it, especially for flounder fishing. Um, and now that I know how to sail a Hobie, which is freaking awesome, then I think I may be heading out there to do some of that stuff along those buoys if I can just use the sail. But, uh, and Greg Becker just dropped out and sorry, you dropped buddy. I was about to come to you. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for helping us out today. Um, let's see what else, man. Flounder, flounder and they're tasty. You. What's up?
2: Sorry. I I thought you were getting, uh, getting off subject. I I got something to mention when you, when we're done with the yeah, go ahead. topic. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Tammy reminded me and wanted me to, uh, acknowledge, uh, Wade and, uh, wade hollowell and uh randy randy english for getting outside their element and uh accompanying Tammy and uh, some other folks on their uh their little econ trip over the weekend this past saturday i believe it was and uh she wanted me to give them props for uh for going low sodium and uh and doing some freshwater stuff sounds like they all had a blast um i wasn't able to make it you know due to physical reasons but uh it's definitely a trip i'll uh I'll try to make make next time. Looks like a really really cool place to go to kayak. So, she wanted me to just give a shout out to Randy and Wade for uh, breaking outside the uh, the bubble there and doing that.
1: That's cute. That's good.
2: <laughs>
1: Say what? I was just what? laughing about you um, saying it's cute. It is cute. <laughs> Brim bass. I'm gonna catch hell. I'm gonna catch hell from Tammy now, but. No, you know, there it goes. They fish worms. <laughs> yeah, yes, Wade. It's cute. It's cute that you fish with worms and caught bluegill. I remember those days. So no, it, it's that's awesome, man. You know, and I would love, I, need, I need to do that. I'd love to do that. Unfortunately for me, you know, Peppy had to tell me how well he did the uh, the trip prior to where I went. So. You know, it was, hmm, let's go see if I can find what he found or let's go catch a brim, so, you know. It, it, at, yeah, it's so either sense.
3: catch a brim or try to catch a 34-inch snook. Which one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, and unfortunately for me, I, I chose the chose the 34-inch snook, which I never found. But uh, it was cool, like I say. Um, oh, and uh, congratulations to everybody who fished the Flounder Pounder tournament up there in uh, in Jacksonville. I don't have the results. Cause I was lazy today and didn't get him, But I know that, uh, I think Eddie didn't, he, he saw him in the chat room. Didn't he finish like second or something or the first second somewhere in there? His brother's on there. Yeah. Yeah. DJ's on he
3: did.
1: There. yeah did, he, did he DJ place or did his brother place? Oh, there you go. Second. Yeah. There you go. Second. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That that flounder fishery up there is, is pretty impressive, man. Um, I'd, I'd love to get up there and do it as, as a, as just a trip, just to target them. But uh, I don't know, whenever I seem to drive out of my way to go find flounder, they never seem to want to cooperate. And, you know, everybody's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Come on up. Flounder are awesome right now. And drive to Virginia beach. You'll find them. Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, whatever. It's all in fun. Tonight's beverage of choice was brought to me by Randy English. Rigger Randy donated an innocent gun. So I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> it was delicious. Uh, as always on our show, if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns for any of us, feel free to, uh, feel free to contact us either on Facebook or our email addresses. Uh, contact us on Facebook for our email addresses. Mine's pretty simple. It's redfishchuck at hotmail.com. Um, whatever we can do to help you out. Uh, get you on some fish down here if you're listening from out of town you want to come into town and, and try to get on some fish uh, You know, we don't really have a whole lot of secrets um, You know, we do what we can to try to help everybody out So let's see there's a couple of guests there in the chat room We've got a few folks there in the chat room as well I'd like to thank everybody for joining us tonight uh, guests for future reference if you yeah. want to log in you can log in with your Facebook or your Twitter account and uh, Get involved in the uh, in the chat room there chat room has actually been really calm tonight, and uh, that's, that's pretty good. I appreciate that because usually it's full of guys trying to trip us up. So uh, it's, uh, it's good
3: I just, stuff. I, I, just, I just also want to tell everybody in the chat room, I know a lot of people are listening tonight and hoping that Woody would be on here tonight, but um, he, for whatever reason, he just couldn't make it. Um, so I'll get with Woody. And even if I have to have him on the phone at 7.45 next week, I will have him on the radio. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll get with him on
4: that one. So yeah.
3: yeah I'm, no I'll problem. get him on next week, you
1: know. No problem at all. Um, it, things happen, man. It is what it is. It's not like it's the first guest that, that didn't show up, man. I've had plenty of guests that couldn't make it and find out down the road there was a reason or whatever, and they ended up making it up to us. Speaking of making it up to us, Um, if some of you guys don't know, I've pulled on another sponsor, um, recently, I took on real adrenaline energy drinks, Alex. Yeah, exactly. Alex, you are not allowed to drink these
6: (laughs) rocket ship, man. Rocket ship. (laughs) (laughs) Real real adrenaline and a real adrenaline and a Hobie. I'm going tuna fishing. Other side here. I (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's awesome uh so anyway um if you've never tasted a real adrenaline energy drink and you think that you would like to uh if you like energy drinks these are actually really good um i'm not a big energy drink drinker but when i had these at icast uh last year um i was like hmm that's, that's pretty good and then this year um i met with the guys again over at the henry show and uh talked to them a little bit and Yeah, good stuff, man. I've been I've been partaking in their beverage for, you know, probably good or a little over a year now. And uh, when I need a good pick me up, it definitely does that. They have a sugar free version and a what I like to call full octane version. Um, I have a number of cases at my disposal at the moment. So if anybody would like to try a couple, I would be more than happy to uh, get them in your hands if you're local. I'll have some at Kayaks by Bo. Feel free to stop on by and and pick one up, but, uh, give it a shot. Give it a try. See if you like it. Um, they're not bad. They're they're, like I said, they're really good. What's funny is the, uh, the, uh, the sugar, the one with the sugar in it tastes like sweet tarts. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's actually really good to me. I don't know, whatever you guys should see me after drinking like three or four of those damn things. It's, It's crazy. I try to swing in little kitty swings and try and jump over fences and stuff. Uh, whatever, those were the days. And well, we should give one to Wade as a as a as a test to see what happens when Wade drinks an energy drink if the shakes go away.
6: <laughs> be like a like a <laughs> He might be able to hear colors after that.
3: He could probably hear colors.
1: <laughs> he can probably hear colors. I don't know. Where's he at? I'll put it'll put me to sleep, he said. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It'll
2: have the opposite effect on
1: him. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyway,
2: yeah, so just uh
1: take you know, feel free. Let me know. Stop on by and uh and, and pop one in, and see if you like it, you know. They're they're pretty good. So, uh there you go, that's that. Uh what else is going on? Anything else, guys? It's nine o'clock and the World Series is on and Monday Night Football's on.
2: Uh, I'm getting excited about the uh, the world uh, adventure world. I yeah,
1: I would have loved to have talked about that tonight if Woody wouldn't have bailed on us.
2: That's right, that's right. That was one of his topics.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. He, and you know what's funny is Woody will listen back to this and he'll just laugh. <laughs> he'll be like, you guys are idiots. But... uh. <laughs> Yeah, no, The, the Adventure Fishing World Championships. Listen, if you fish tournaments, I know there's a few of you there in the chat room. If you fish tournaments and you do not plan on being at this event, I will say it. You are not legit. Hey, we fished it last year, and I'm going to tell you right now. Fishing a tournament where you can go 20 feet from the launch and catch a couple fish, that's cool. You go fish a tournament where you have to go and literally find the checkpoints, go over 20 miles in the day in your kayak with wind and tide and everything else. If you don't fish that tournament, in my opinion, you are not legit because who cares if you even place as long as you finish it. <laughs> it is pretty awesome, man. And uh, doing the extreme kayak tourney in the Bahamas instead. Do both, Josh. They're not even at the same time. Two different times of the year. So uh, I want to. Fi- I'm, I'm going to try and fish that extreme kayak tournament in the Bahamas as well. Six hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is six hundred bucks. That's true. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Nah. <laughs> What'd you say? Drop in the
1: bucket. Yeah, right. Exactly. Speaking of dropping the bucket, uh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't forget that also, too, and, and Alan will probably kick me later for this. Don't forget that the tickets are still available for sale for Alan's raffle uh, that he didn't know we were putting on for him, but we are putting on for him. Um, Jackson Kayaks donated a kayak for him. Uh, those tickets for the kayak are 20 a apiece. Uh, if you're local, you can just come with, come into Cayo Savo, pick up your ticket. If you're not local, send me a message on uh, PayPal, and uh, I'll get you your uh, ticket number or ticket number sequence. Uh, general raffle tickets are, are 6 for 5, 12 for 10, and 25 for 20. Uh, again, if you're not local and you want to try and win some goodies, which we have quite a bit of, uh, and more keep coming in, so definitely appreciate that, all the sponsors that are helping out. Um, feel free to do the same thing. And, uh, I'll send you your sequence of ticket numbers. Let's say like the first one and the last one, this way here, you know, that if you, your number falls between those two, you won. So, and we're going to do the raffle at Bo. We will post the raffle as it's being done on Facebook. So all you got to do is follow, uh, uh, one of us on Facebook and I'm sure you'll see it. So, uh, definitely, uh, take advantage of the opportunity to help out our buddy here. And, uh, Possibly went some awesome stuff.
2: Can I throw something in there on that? Yeah. If you don't mind. First of all, um, I you know, everybody may or may may or may not know what I've just gone through. I had a little a uh, little bit of a bout with uh with cancer, a little bit of a scare. Um, things are things are good, everything went well with the surgery. They think everything was contained and good. I gotta go for a lot of follow ups and stuff like that, but uh I've never, ever in my life been through something like this. And you talk about a life-altering, Chuck. I know you've you've been through some stuff like this, and, you know, a lot of people probably know people or, you know, relatives, whatever, that have been through this. But uh, yeah, I will tell you it is one of the most scariest life-altering events that you can ever, ever go through. I mean, and uh, just real quick, not to take up too much time, but I just want to thank uh, Chuck, you, Pepe, um, You know just everybody in uh space coast kayak anglers uh i have got the most amazing group of friends surrounded you know that i'm surrounded by that have just got me through this whole ordeal start to finish i mean you know helping me out mentally physically uh anything i've needed and uh and i couldn't done it i couldn't have done it without all you guys i mean just the moral support and uh you know, just just knowing I had you guys there, just to lean on, was just was huge. I mean, I, I thank you doesn't mean enough. And then, uh, you know, I received that package from uh, from James Page. I mean, just a listener on the show, you know, and heard what was going on, and he sends me this huge box of uh, fly tying stuff, you know, to to, to pass the time because I'm kind of uh, kind of pinned to the couch here for a little bit trying to heal up. So uh, I just want to thank anybody that had anything to do with this, you know, the raffle and just all the support that I had and everything like that and it's uh, you know things are looking up we're, we're getting some stuff done at the house with the problems here and uh, you know got the leak fixed the walls patched so I think we're uh, we're finally seeing the light there so I just want to tell everybody thank you uh, especially you though Chuck and Pepe and everybody else for what you guys are doing that's that's huge you know from, from hey. me and Jennifer thank you I appreciate that hey man that's it no, not, I'll be, hey, okay. you would do the same thing that is yeah, exactly yeah, it I, I'm, that's the thing i am used to being on the other end of this thing and uh and helping people out it's It's very humbling to uh to see what you guys are doing and everything so so I really you know we really appreciate it so
1: yeah absolutely no, and and we're family brother so it's 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 yeah. what we do so uh which is also you know one of the reasons why I absolutely love this this side of the the industry um, kayak fishing world as a whole seems to be a whole heck of a lot more tight knit than any other style of fishing. So, you know, uh, once you kind of get involved in this little group that we call our little Monday night kayak fishing radio family or space coast kayaking Angler family or whatever, then, uh, Hey man, you're in it for life, son. <laughs> uh, whatever. No, that's cool. Listen, man. And, and like Peppy said, you've done it for other people too. So it's, it is what it is, man. It's good karma, brother. It comes around, it comes around. So with that folks be safe this week. Hopefully you guys get a chance to get out on the water, make your own fishing stories and memories. Hopefully next week, some of you guys will give us a shout and uh, tell us some good fishing stories. I mean, I like to hear from guys like Josh and, uh, DJ or Eddie or any of you guys that are in the chat room that want to call a show and <clears throat> drop some knowledge on some people for some different areas around the state and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I, we definitely accept people who call in. Um, Wade didn't call us today. I'm a little bummed out about that. And, you know, thanks a lot, Wade. Could have told us about all those catfish and pinfish. I mean, Brim you caught. That'd have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Perch. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's getting really slow now. All right, guys. So uh, again, folks, jot it down, put it next to your computer, save it in your phone. 714-816-4727 is our number here. Um, contact us again on Facebook. You can find me at Redfish Chuck or just find me at Charles Levi Jr. Alan Ryland, Peppy Vidal, Captain Alex Gerichke. Um, We're all pretty much easy to get a hold of. Um you know, always open to answer any questions you may have. Uh, oh, here you go. I am trying as hard as I possibly can to have a soft opening of KBB Outfitters Saturday. So for those who are going to come out to the meet and greet and the cleanup, I'm hoping that I get a few more boxes in the mail here shortly and uh, I can uh, do a very soft, when I say very soft, it will be a very soft opening of uh kbb outfitters so <clears throat> look for that and then uh of course we'll run through our our sponsors we'll let alice plug himself here in just a second and uh yeah we'll get out of here let you guys go on and watch your sports tonight peppy hit it
3: yeah let me hit my sponsors up hey i want to thank uh kayak fishing radio native watercraft very goods outdoor shop kayaks by boat hook one yak attacks layering crewers orca coolers ram mounts aquabound paddles tackle webs Mission Florida Radio, Black Dog, Custom Rods, and Failing Toads.
1: Alan.
2: You read that off a list. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you got, hey, hey you got to be prepared, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had that wrote down. That was, that was too good. Oh, man. <laughs> Sounds like you
1: added like 10 to that list yeah. in like the last week. Wow,
2: man, that was just boom. Uh, hey anyway, man, I know
3: my sponsors.
2: Hey, I, I, I know roll. my you
3: sponsors by memory, man. Me. <laughs> I got them all down <laughs> in my head.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, kayak fishing radio. Kayaks by Bow. Harry Goods. Temple Fork Outfitters. Slayer Ink Lures. Bending Branches. Aquaman Paddles. Uh, Yak Gear. Railblazer. Oh, uh, um, here we go. I should have had a peppy list. Um, <laughs> I think that's it.
6: Alex, you can find me as always on the internet, locallinescharters.com. Give me a call at 321-480-3255. Find me on Facebook, Local Lines Guide Service, Captain Alex Gorichke. Alex Gorichke, just look up kayak fishing in this area, and I'm sure I'll pop up somewhere. Um, I don't have a big old peppy list of sponsors. Kayaks by Bo is the only one holding me down right now. Go go get your kayaks at Kayaks by Bo. And uh, if you want to come paddle a Hobie with me, feel free.
1: There you go. And
4: uh, <laughs> Alan threw re- red. Alan,
1: yeah, threw on the red zone bird. apparel in there at the last minute. Yep. Oh, by the way, I, I just want to say this because I know there's still some people in the chat room. I'm sure there's going to be some people listening to this entire show. There's like some really funny posts going on around Facebook about pro staff and sponsors and all this stuff and whatever. Listen, at the end of the day, I totally understand what people are saying. Trust me. When, when you are out there looking for free stuff and then you rep their stuff because you got free stuff, it's pretty bogus. If you're out there and you use their stuff and you swear by their stuff and you happen to also represent them in the arena that is social media and they help you out with things like tournament entry fees and they help you out with things like uh, promotional spots and and all kinds of stuff. And here on the show, it's a different ball game. So, you know, there are people who are going to hate and that's just the way it is. Unfortunately in this world, but, you know, as all of us have told a million people before, and Alex has talked about it a ton of times, and me and him talked about it actually before he agreed to help us out at Kyaks by that you can't button yourself down with any of these sponsors or pro staffs or whatever, unless you truly, truly appreciate everything it is that that manufacturer can do for you and you can do for them. It's a two-way street. Exactly. And, and when Pepe reads off the, the uh... the tap the, the the tablet book. Uh, the book the the bible of Pepe. sponsors <laughs> uh... peppy's working two full-time jobs to keep those people uh, happy so you know kudos to, to whoever is you know makes a living doing whatever it is I, they like to and, do
3: and it's like you said chuck it's a two-way street you won't find me uh... you won't find me you know Doing the stuff I do for a product or something like that, unless I really believe in the product, um, it works that way. And at the same time, they're giving me back. You know, they're supporting me in other ways. You know, so it's a two-way street, just like you said. You know, yep. you do stuff for me, I do stuff for you. You know, and I and and I of course, you know, it's stuff that I believe in. So yeah, that's that's what it is. I've seen the posts that you're talking about on Facebook. I've seen it and stuff. But like you said, whatever. <laughs>
1: So uh, so then we'll get to my laundry list of sponsors. And again, bear in mind that I use all these products on a daily basis. In fact, one of them, uh, our good buddy up there in uh, in Jacksonville, Mr. Chris Sensi, I didn't use Chris's baits for the longest time until Peppy finally convinced me to try them. And it wasn't until after I fished them for quite a while, Peppy can agree with me, I finally went to Chris and I was like, you have created the most awesome bait I've ever fished in my entire life. So, you know, it is what it is. So with that being yep. said, I'd like to thank Hobie orca coolers tackle webs our good buddy, Mike Ortega with tackle webs, clear your deck for battle. You can find tackle webs at any legit outfitting store, kayak store, tackle shop, bass pro shops. Um, tackle webs are available all over the place, even online. So uh, check out tackle webs. I've got several on my boat and I, I couldn't, I don't know how I'd even be able to function without the ones I've got. So, um, Blazer, yak gear, ego nets, ENO, bending branches, Slayer ink lures, KBB, KBB outfitters, real adrenaline, energy drinks. And, I, you know, I'm just going to say it because they're not really a sponsor, but I really appreciate C giving me a free set of C deck pads for my Hobie pro in 14. Cause they are legit. So check out C they're a local company to us. They're right here in Rockledge off of Gus Hip. They've got templates done for just about every kayak you can think of. I watched them template almost all of them at Kayaks by Bow. Um, we've gonna, we're going to have the uh, new Slayer Propel templated soon. Uh, there's a few more boats that I know that uh, Jason was telling me he wanted to come out and do. So we'll get those done soon. The Pro Angler 14 kit should be available really soon um they had to do a little bit of change into it to try and make the yields a little bit better per sheet so the price will be a little bit lower than they would have had to have been so that's always a good thing for the consumer but uh yeah check them out man they're awesome great people uh and that's it we're out everybody have a good weekend take a kid fishing don't forget to tune into the rest of the shows throughout the week we've also got uh Mark Wheeler's low sodium show on Wednesday and then chip Gibson's show on Thursday. And we'll be back here on Monday to recount and recoup and try and revisit the, uh, Rob DeVore, Mike Canine video. So if you guys haven't heard about that, check it out on uh, Facebook, get with Rob DeVore or Mike Canine. Uh, everyday push should be an, an, an absolutely amazing, uh, piece of work that those two guys have put together. So, uh, Anything else, gentlemen?
2: Nothing I can think of.
1: Alex, good.
6: I'm good, man.
1: All right, guys. Listen, thank you very much for joining me again, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you.
6: Later.
5: ya. Yeah. Kayak Fishing Radio presents from the Space Coast of Florida. The Redfish Chuck Show, featuring your host, Charles Levi, a.k.a. Redfish Chuck, and the Redfish Chuck Show's co-host, Alan Ryland, and also featuring the Redfish Chuck Show's other co-host, Peppy Liedow.